to the Howie Silbiger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Get in on the conversation. Call 1-877-669-1292. Welcome to the Howie Silbiger Show. My name is Howie Silbiger. We had a little bit of a late start tonight because I wanted to get all the information before I came on to talk to you. I want to understand what really happened at Concordia University in Montreal. And so I spoke to a whole lot of people. And this is the story I got. The Jewish people, the Jews on campus, the Jewish students, had set up a Shabbos table to uh, commemorate the hostages being held by Hamas. This uh, Shabbos table has been set up everywhere. You see, you saw it in front of the Federation. It was there for a week. You've seen it uh, everywhere. Uh, it was set up in front of the Kotel. It was set up every, everywhere around the world. Jews have been setting up a Shabbos table just before Shabbos and putting the signs of the missing hostages on these tables. And uh, the idea is that, that uh, these people can't celebrate Shabbos. They're being held hostage by Hamas. And we remember that they can't celebrate Shabbos, so we're going to celebrate Shabbos for them. And, uh, and a bunch of Arab students and non-students, a bunch of Arabs showed up and started harassing the Jews, started screaming, Intifada forever, destroy Israel. Once again, the annihilation of Jews was the, was the, main, the main topic there. The, the main chant was to annihilate the Jews. And Concordia Security stood there and did nothing. And when a Jewish student went up to Concordia Security, the security guards that are supposed to make students on campus feel safe. When Jewish students went up to Concordia Security, they were told to stand down. That's what they told the Jewish students, that security was told to stand down and stay neutral. Stay neutral? What does that mean? Does that mean that Arabs could beat up Jewish students and the security shouldn't get involved? They should stay neutral? Does that mean that Arabs could come and rip apart a student display, take an Israeli flag and rip it up? Is that remaining neutral? How neutral should guards remain when people are being attacked? Now, this is not the first foray Concordia has into the Arab-Israel conflict. <laughs> no, 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 not by far. Not the first foray. But before I even get into the history of Concordia, a university I called Gaza U on my show forever... Let me, uh, let me tell you that the Concordia Student Association for Palestinians, the Collective for Palestinian Rights and whatever they call themselves, is planning a big protest this weekend. And they used a picture, a very, very, very famous picture on their advertising for that protest. Now, the picture they used was from a riot in 2002. I was there. I was at the riot. I witnessed the whole thing. Benjamin Netanyahu, who was not Prime Minister of Israel at the time, he was in between his prime ministerships, he was the foreign minister or the finance minister or some minister in the Israeli government. He had come to Concordia, he had come to Montreal to speak at Concordia University, to give a speech. And the tickets were distributed by Hillel, the, uh, the Jewish group, well, one of the Jewish groups on campus. And it was by invitation only. And we went and we stood outside. I mean, there's a lot of security. To, you had to go through a lot of security checks. 
And when when I showed up, I was a I was a journalist. I was working for a newspaper. I was a journalist. And when I showed up to that protest, well, when I showed up, there was a huge protest, a huge Arab protest outside. Thousands and thousands of Arabs standing outside, also chanting death to the Jews. I mean, this is not a new chant. This has been going on for a long time. And I uh, I, I was there and I walked in and, and I was there when, uh, when, when they broke into the lobby. I was standing in the lobby when they broke the plate glass windows of the lobby. I was there when the riot squad, you know, put uh, tear gas into the lobby. And I remember clearly thinking, and by the way, they canceled Benjamin Netanyahu's speech and so on. So that was in 2002. So that's almost 30 years ago. And here we are. It's 21 years ago. Here we are. Again, Concordia University. But I'll go back even farther than that. I'll go back to the 90s when I was a student at Concordia University. And I set up a display in the mezzanine of the building, which we reserved and we, we rented, rightfully so. And the Arabs showed up, upset about the display. This is over 30 years ago. Upset of the dis- about the display that I put up and stood in the line and Nazis saluted us and yelled, death to the Jews. Now, there's plenty of other stuff you could read, and uh, you know you want to you you know about Concordia University and the anti-Jewish sentiment at Concordia University, you can read all about it. Just Google it. You can watch documentaries that were made about it. But at the end of the day, Concordia students, for the last 30 years, have been afraid to walk on campus wearing anything identifiably Jewish. And that's not right. Not in Canada. That's definitely not right. A few years ago, I, uh, I was, I was uh, doing a course at Concordia, and I walked onto campus with my yarmulke on, my kippon, and I was approached by a, by a young Arab guy who looked at me and said to me, you've got to take that thing off your head. And I said to me, excuse me? I, I don't understand what you're telling me to do. He was a lot younger than me, and I, I didn't understand. I said, I don't understand what you want me to do. He says, take the thing off your head. And I said to him, why? Why do you care if I'm wearing it? What's the difference to you? And he said to me, you're in an Arabic university. In an Arabic university, you cannot wear Jew symbols. Take it off your head. And I refused to take it off my head. I said, if you want to take it off my head, you, you, you could try. I said, you have one shot because the second you touch me, I'll put you on the floor and I'll hold you down there until either you die or the police show up. It's one or the other. And he didn't know if I was serious or not. He had two buddies with him. They didn't know if I was serious or not. So they, they took a step forward and I didn't move. And then they backed off. Now, when that was reported, that was reported, uh, Bill 613 at the time, uh, it was a Jewish website, doesn't exist anymore. But when Bill 613 was still around, they, they, they reported the event that happened to me. I uh, actually did not file an official complaint with Concordia because it was pointless. They, they reported it. And I was called a liar. I was told it would never happen. I was told I'm, I'm making up fiction. I'm trying to get publicity for my show. I'm, I, I'm, I'm just being a fictitious person. I got a call from the dean of students. I went to visit, to meet with the dean of students who promised me at the time that, that uh, the Concordia is going to work really hard to, to promote, to promote uh, multiculturalism, to promote Judaism, and, uh, and allow Jews to feel free and, uh, and uh, feel free to show their Judaism on campus. And that never happened. 
got a call from the chaplain, the Jewish chaplain, asking me not to file a complaint because if I filed a complaint, it would be uh, it, it would cause problems for other Jews on campus. And I, I didn't file the complaint because I, I just thought it would be pointless because for 30, for 30 years, more than 30 years, Concordia has been a hotbed of uh, Arab of Arab antagonistic behavior towards Jews. So when the riot happened today, when the, when the scuffle, as they call it, the, uh, the confrontation happened today, it's no great shock to me. I'm not absolutely not shocked by it. And neither should anybody. And, and the fact that this university exists in the middle of a city that promotes, I mean, the Valerie Plant, the mayor of Montreal, uh, came out today on, on Twitter right after, right after sometime this afternoon, right after the riot happened. I could call it a riot because that's pretty much what it was. Right after the riot happened, uh, Valerie Plant came out and condemned it, which is, which is commendable. I, I commend the mayor of Montreal for condemning it. Uh, but I'm also asking, uh, and this is, this is an honest question, who is responsible? So we could blame the Arab groups on campus for hyping up the, uh, the emotions. We could blame the Imam uh, Shakawi, who, who rallied the troops the other day, calling for the murder and the annihilation of Jews, and who's speaking again at this Concordia rally uh, on the weekend. Uh, this guy, Adir Shakawi, he's... he's He's really a hater, and he's really a uh, he really should be arrested for inciting violence and, and promoting genocide, but he won't be. So we could blame him, but I think the people we have to blame most are the people who run Concordia University, who have allowed this to fester in their university for decades, who have done nothing to make Jews on campus feel safe, who have done nothing to quell the radicalism on campus who have done nothing to try to make a Concordia uh, and make the name Concordia, the university, uh, to, 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 to glorify their name. Their name keeps getting dragged through the mud because they allow these radical Islamists to be on the university and to be students at the university for 10 and 12 years. I remember in, uh, in, in the early 90s, when I was a Concordia student, there were three guys, and they were pretty much running the show there for the Arabs. And then in the 2000s, the mid-2000s, when I was covering Concordia for, for various newspapers, and I was covering terrorism in Concordia for various newspapers, the same three guys were running the show when it came to the Arab protests and the Arab, uh, the Arab activities at Concordia. So, so we're talking like 11 years after I left university, the same three guys that were there when I was there as a student were there when I came back as a reporter to cover it. So allowing these guys to linger, to take one course at a time for years, for decades, and allowing them to do that and, and continue to cause trouble at the university, to continue to cause trouble for other university students, is seriously the problem at Concordia. Yeah, we expect university students to be a little radical. We expect university students to, 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 um, to take sides, and we expect university students to argue and fight with each other. That's, that's perfectly normal on a university campus. What is not normal on a university campus and what is not normal at Concordia is that these guys who are there for 11 and 12 years, these guys who are there for 20-year degrees, are paid by, by, by these radical terrorist groups. 
they are actually employees of these of these groups. They're not there for their health. They're not there for their education. They are they are specifically there on campus to cause trouble. Now, one of the guys, <laughs> one of the guys that I that I had to deal with when I was on campus was Lace Maroof. Now he was there when I was on campus when I was a student. Then he was there in the in the, in the mid two thousands when he got expelled from the university after being there for eleven or twelve years for um, for for vandalizing the university with anti Israel um, anti Israel graffiti. And then he was uh, he was one of the he was one of the guys standing on the truck yelling when Bibi Netanyahu came in, and one of the organizers of that riot. And then he was hired by the Canadian government to teach. Uh, he was hired by the Canadian government. He was contracted by the Canadian government to teach journalists how to be fair when they're covering both sides. So, so there you go. Lace Maroof. He, he was a longtime, forever student at Concordia. And Concordia allows this to happen over and over and over and continuously. And so when Concordia says that, that a lot of these students there that were protesting, a lot of the students that surrounded the Jews and attacked the Jews, were not Concordia students, they, they, might be, they might be lying to us a little bit. It could be that they weren't Concordia students, that they just came for the fun of it. Or it could be that they're long-time students, independent students, students who take 20- and 30-year degrees and are, provocator, are provocators who are there just to cause trouble. And, and that's my guess on who those people were. The videos I've seen, and there's been a few of them that have been circulated, the videos I've seen coming from Concordia this afternoon show that it got violent really quick. It, it wasn't, it wasn't a, a gradual buildup. These people came to fight. They came to beat up Jews. And knowing that there are people who are out there to beat up Jews and people that are coming to campuses and people are showing up on the streets to beat up Jews, to burn down synagogues, to desecrate synagogues, it kind of makes you wonder, where do we live? If we live in Canada, why is this happening in our country, happening all around the world? Look, a guy in Los Angeles got killed at a rally when, when some pro-Hamas guy walked up to him and banged him in the head with a, with a megaphone. The guy died doesn't seem right doesn't seem just and when you think that the catalyst for this whole thing was the massacre of 1400 jews in one day it's hard to imagine why there isn't more screaming and yelling there isn't more outrage at hamas and at the supporters of hamas the, 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 the brutes and the, and the bullies and the thugs that show up on university campuses and that show up at rallies and beat up people and, and kill people. And there's no outrage. Now, I've said it before in my show, and I'll say it again, and I'll continue to say it. There was no outrage because Jewish life is considered cheap. Nobody cares about Jewish life. You could spill Jewish blood all you want, and nobody will say a word. 1,400 Jews were killed. The world mourned those Jews for a week. 
Then when Israel started retaliating or, or trying trying to root out the cause of this murder, of this mass murder, of this massacre, of this genocide, and went to get rid of the genocidal organization that had caused this genocide and that continues to advocate for the complete genocide of the Jews around the world, the world turned on them in a dime. Suddenly, the dead Jewish babies, the burned families, the beheaded mothers and fetuses, the raped women, the, the 222 hostages were irrelevant to the world. Nobody cared anymore. Where's the outrage that Hamas is holding hostages? Where's the outrage that Hamas is holding hostages as young as six months old? Where's the outrage when, when, when somebody gets up and says, we support the, from the river to the sea? which means the entire annihilation of Israel. Where is the outrage? Why does nobody care? The answer is simple, and it's been, it's been simple and clear to me. Clarity came to me years ago. And the answer has been simple and clear for years and years and years. There is no outrage because Jewish life is cheap. Jewish life is free. And the Jews have allowed that to happen. And shame on us, and it's not happening anymore. We can't sit idly by quietly and allow Jews to be killed, beaten, raped. We can't sit idly by and allow university students to be beaten up on campus. It's unacceptable. Now, 10 years ago, a little more than 10 years ago, I sat in this very chair. It wasn't in the studio, but it was in this very chair. I sat in this chair and I had a conversation with my audience much the same way I'm having a conversation with you now. And we spoke about violence at Concordia University and university students being beaten up. At that point, at that time, about a decade ago, maybe it was a little more than a decade ago, Jewish students were being pushed down the escalator. There's a huge escalator in the lobby of Concordia University. And Jewish students were being pushed down the escalator from the top to the bottom. And we spoke about this on the show. And I had a representative of Concordia today. I didn't bother to invite one. But I had a representative of Concordia on. And the representative of Concordia said, well, you know, it's a provocation a little bit of Jewish students that are provoking uh, this kind of attack on themselves. So he basically told me that the victim was bringing upon himself his victimization. And I stopped and I thought about it. After the Concordia guy left, I stopped and I thought about it. And I said, huh. Imagine that. Imagine that. It's like telling a woman, you dress that way, expect to be raped. It's repulsive. It's repulsive. It's apologetic. It's, it's being apologetic to the people who, who, who randomly attack people based on their, based on their, on their religion, on their beliefs. It's appalling that a university would take that stand. And it's appalling that today the university would give the orders to their security guards to stay neutral when people were being beaten up and the display was being destroyed. It's appalling. But nobody's going to call out Concordia. Nobody's going to pull the funding from Concordia. Nobody's going to insist on an investigation at Concordia. Nobody's going to do anything. 
And at the end of the day, on Saturday, or whatever that rally is, uh, is, is, uh, is called for, the Arabs will stand in front of Concordia, or stand inside Concordia, and still scream, kill the Jews. Concordia will remain neutral because, oh, everybody has a freedom of speech. So they want to yell, kill the Jews. They want to yell, destroy Israel. They want to yell, annihilate everybody who lives inside Israel. You know, genocide to the Jews. That's fine with them. Everyone has a freedom of speech, they're going to tell us. And nothing is going to change at that university. And the Jewish community will not be outraged because they never are. And nothing will ever happen to change the situation there for Jewish students. I know students who go there today who refuse to wear their yarmulkes, refuse to wear their Jewish garb. It's revolting. It's disgusting. And, and it's, it's, it's absolutely, it's absolutely unbelievable that this kind of university could exist in the middle of Montreal. It, it is absolutely unfathomable that this kind of university could exist in Canada and still get government funding. I, I don't even know where to go from there. I, 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 you know, the Quebec government really has to step in here. It's about time. Look, it took the murder of 1,400 Jews, took the murder, the, the massacre, the genocide of 1,400 Jews for Israel to finally go after Hamas in a real way. 17 years of rockets falling on the heads of Jews living in southern Israel, launched from Hamas. 17 years ago, Israel pulled out every man, woman, child, every dead body, every dog, every cat, every fire hydrant that they had in Gaza and gave Gaza to the Palestinian people. It's a perfect opportunity for the Palestinian people to, to build the state. Nobody's talking about that now. At the time, they left millions and millions and millions of dollars of, of agricultural equipment there, including greenhouses and tractors and, 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 um, and all sorts of other agricultural uh, stuff. They left it there for the Arabs to use, to build industry, to build an economy, so they could build a state and they could live in peace side by side, maybe even trade with them. First thing the Arabs did, first thing Hamas did, after the Jews left, they stormed into these places, they burned them down, they destroyed the equipment, they used the old Jewish towns, what was left of them, as training grounds for Arab terrorists, and they started lobbing missiles into Israel, the civilian populations, not caring if they're going to kill men, women, children, not caring what innocent they're going to kill, just lobbing indiscriminate missiles into the land of Israel. Israel was very patient. They waited 17 years, nearly 18 years. A couple of skirmishes here and there with Hamas, but nothing real serious until now. Hamas came in and showed that their genocide, their genocidal plan was true, and this is what they wanted to do. They wanted to kill Jews. When Hamas came in and did that, and killed 1,400 Jews in the most brutal way possible, uh, I mean, I've described some of it on air, but man, there's there's so much that that is indescript is it's indescribable, indescribable. When Hamas came in and showed that they were serious about killing Jews, Jewish state showed they were serious about destroying Hamas. And now the world is screaming, the world's yelling for a ceasefire. 
What kind of ceasefire could there possibly be? Every time Israel had a ceasefire with Hamas, Hamas started lobbing missiles into Israel. A ceasefire? No. Not while hostages are being held. A ceasefire? No. Not while missiles are being launched into civilian populations in Israel. A ceasefire? So Hamas could go and reload? And recruit? And build up their arsenal again? And continue their attacks on Israel? No. The only reason that these genocidal maniacs around the world who are standing with Hamas, standing with baby killers, standing with rapists, standing with standing with genocidal murderers, the only reason they're calling for a ceasefire is because they think that if Israel stops firing and Hamas rebuilds their arsenal, there is a greater chance of destroying Israel. It shows Israel's weakness. And Israel, if Israel shows a weakness, they will lose the war with Hamas. So congratulations. I don't particularly like Bibi Netanyahu as a prime minister, but congratulations to Bibi Netanyahu for holding steady and, and, and holding the course and realizing that the end of the the end of the tunnel is visible, and the end of the tunnel is the destruction of Hamas. And that's all that should be focused on. Everything else should be ignored. The world should absolutely be ignored. And Israel should do what they have to do to protect their citizenship, to protect their country. That's their job. That's the job of the government of the state of Israel. Protect your citizens, protect your country. They failed on October 7th. Tomorrow marks the first day of the 85th anniversary of Kristallnacht, the night of broken glass, officially the night that started the Holocaust. 85 years ago, Nazis walked into towns, broke the windows of synagogues, burned them down, ushered Jews inside their buildings, burned those buildings down, killing Jews, shot people on the street, beat them up. 85 years ago, this happened. And if we take a look at the world today, two days ago, a man got killed at a rally, supporting Israel, holding an Israeli flag, banged in the head, knocked out, dead by an Arab supporter of Hamas. Hamas supporters jumped into Concordia today to, to destroy and, and beat up Jews. A synagogue was desecrated and almost burned down. They attempted to burn down the synagogue in the Jewish community center. That's just in Montreal. Around the world, Jews are being attacked right and left. There's a movement now for certain Jews for, in certain Jewish populations that they want to take their mezuzahs off the door because they're afraid of being attacked door to door. This is not a normal situation. It's not a situation that's sustainable. It's not a situation that's acceptable. And I call upon the Jewish community again and again and again. Start teaching self-defense. Teach the community how to defend themselves physically. Teach the community how to defend themselves. Start teaching self-defense. I'm Howie Subiger. Thank you so much for joining me. I do appreciate it. Don't forget to download the True Talk Radio Network app. It's available at your favorite app store. And, uh, and stay safe. 
And if you hear anything or you see anything, make sure you call 911. And uh, if you have any news that you want to share with me, howie at truetalkradio.com. I'll see you again tomorrow. Have a good night.